Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 109 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm sharing how anxiety affects your brain, how to actually rewire your brain away from that anxious state and back to your true self, and why breathing and meditation aren't always the best way to combat anxiety and stress. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Giancarlo Licata. And Dr. Licata, you may remember him from episode 50 when he shared all of his tips on how to biohack your sleep. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I am still doing things on a regular basis that I learned from him in that conversation. And to be honest, he's the real MVN around here at the Body Nerd Show, you know, most valuable nerd. <laughs> so, Dr. Licata is the founder of Vital Head and Spinal Care and the co founder of the Past. Dina Interprofessional Community. His focus is on applied neuroscience, concussion recovery, and interprofessional collaboration, which is actually how the two of us met. But where we really go to town is talking about this applied neuroscience and how to change your brain. And he's worked with thousands of patients with chronic pain, migraines, concussions, and has furthered his study with the Peak Brain Institute to better understand and improve concussion recovery, attention, sleep, and anxiety. And if you've ever suffered from a concussion, you know what a great impact that has on so many different facets of your life. It's not just your brain. There's a lot going on. So I love that Dr. Licata has shifted his practice to be even more about brain science and brain training, and I'm even more excited to share our conversation with you today. So he's going to be sharing about your brain, anxiety, attention, and more. And he even touches upon ADHD and how to improve focus and attention, as well as aging and cognitive decline. And so we will talk all about that. I know that our conversation is not done yet. So We'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Okay. So if you're into changing your brain and learning new ways to do that, keep on listening and enjoy my conversation with Dr. Giancarlo Licata. So welcome back, Dr. Licata. I'm so stoked that you're with us here again today because you are like the number one body nerd that I love to nerd out with. Uh, So let's just check in again. Yeah. What are you uh, currently nerding out on? Yeah, um, you know, I've been nerding out on the brain as always, but um, in particular, uh, something kind of special called arousal. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, and I wish it was the kind of sexy kind, but it's not. It's, it's, it's really having to do with like um, stress and learning and anxiety. And, um, and so I've been diving deep into, into arousal for the last year and a half. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, most of us um, call it anxiety. It's the mm. closest thing to it. And anxiety is like the big picture that um, arousal is part of it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, arousal. <laughs> and that's so interesting too when you frame it as anxiety. Because I know for me this last year with... Um, 
you know, all the stuff that's been going on, you know, here in LA, we had lockdown and then we had like curfew because of rioting. And there's just been so many times where I'm like, you know, I didn't think I knew what anxiety felt like, but now I'm hypervigilant and now I can't sleep. And now all this stuff is going on. So I know for many people, myself included, it's really like at the forefront because there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And and unfortunately, everything around us and everything we're doing is is designed to put us into a state of anxiety. Hmm. You know? And that's kind of messed up. <laughs> no. Right? And I mean, I think that there's there's valid things that we need to be mindful of. But unfortunately, the majority of the things that we're concerned about and that are putting us into an anxious state are not immediate threats. And so it kind of hacks our, our inherent nervous system. And so, yeah, I mean, we can, gosh, I mean, we could, we could take that and go somewhere. But um, yeah, it's, um, you know, whether it's the, the helicopters outside or the um, social media we're on or the news we're watching, whether it's some now we're getting texts telling us something's happening um, from the state and, um, you know, we're driving on the freeway and now there are big signs out that we didn't pay attention to before that um, are telling us to, you know, save lives by doing something. Um, it, it, it's all going to put us into a state of anxiety. Oh my gosh, you're so right too about those freeway signs that are like, wear a mask and you can save a life. And I'm like, I'm just trying to go to the grocery store. Right, like- right. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, so um, so they, they trigger this kind of state of hyper, meaning too much hyper arousal. Yeah. And so, I mean, that, that alone is huge. And then who, you know, who doesn't have a parent or a child or a, or a sibling or a, a spouse who's also having to deal with something, right? Mm-hmm. Am I getting laid off? Do we have to close the business? Do we have to move? Wait a second. Our best friends are moving. Uh, you know, like it's, um, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. I mean, that for sure has been the experience of like the pandemic for me is all the things that uh, I was able to be distracted about and not worried about all of a sudden, like kept piling and piling and piling. I'm like, this pile is too big. Like I can't keep ignoring it. And anxiety for sure at the forefront of that with everything. So how does the brain and like the wiring of it and like habits and all of that, like how does that come into play with anxiety and like what can we do? How do we fix this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if it's okay, I mean, let's just kind of dive into some rough definitions and I'm going to try to keep it just to street level, you know, (laughs) street level. Uh, Anxiety ends up being a kind of basket term and there's different flavors of anxiety. There's actually different cocktails of anxiety. And so um, I say it's one of those words like God or love, like it can mean a lot of different things to different people. Mm-hmm. So symptoms that people, when they use the word anxiety, they tend to kind of, you know, um, identify certain symptoms. And so I wrote down a few of them just so that I can kind of keep them straight. But like, you know, so one of them is like just rumination. Like I'm just, I'm just worrying. I'm thinking like it's a thought, right? Mm-hmm. And there's thoughts that just keep going. And so it's usually the, the pr- proverbial, you know, midnight, I'm lying on my bed, my head on the pillow, I'm staring at the ceiling, and I'm just thinking about all these things that really I have no control over right now. 
I feel so triggered right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like how many times, whether it's like business related or life related, or like, I even sometimes worry about like, well, what will life be like when like, I don't have to wear a mask in public. And like, I'm like, it doesn't even matter right now. Like it's totally irrelevant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so sometimes even that, even like our worry has different flavors, like some of them, um, it's literally the same thought that we just keep putting on repeat, right? Mm-hmm. It's like spin cycle, that one thought. Um, like, you know, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he said that. Why would he say that? I just can't believe he said that, right? Like we just keep going over and over. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's also like I'm projecting out into the future and I'm concerned about something that could happen, right? And so I'm creating these huge catastrophic scenes of what's going to occur. Um, and so like even that, you know, those are, but at the end of the day, like it, it's really, it's, it's in our thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's others. I mean, there's like a part of anxiety that a lot of people describe as a body tension, Mm-hmm. Right, like oh, my throat and my chest. It just feels like I'm wearing this kind of. Some people describe it like I'm wearing like a glove, like a rubber glove on my body, and mm-hmm. everything just feels so compressed, you know. And that's anxiety mm-hmm. for them. Sometimes it's heart and breath rate, like, like oh my gosh, I feel like it's a, a thousand, you know, a thousand miles a minute. Uh, my heart's going, my breath is shallow and fast, and I just feel like so. It's like, oh, what are you feeling right now? Oh, I feel, I feel a lot of anxiety. Well, they're describing mm-hmm. that. You know, that's that one. I don't know. Blood pressure. I don't know. What else? You were going to say something. Yeah, no, I I just, um, I feel like there's different flavors of it. Like you're describing too, of, you know, like there's the anxiety of I'm about to give a presentation, you know, or like go live. Like I always get like this rush of excitement, but for me, it's like an adrenaline rush. Yeah which is different from, um, I just started meditating again with guided meditations. And the reason why I had stopped was because when I was sitting upright doing my meditation, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And so I was like, Oh, okay, well, let me lay down. It's going to be easier to breathe. Like that's totally fine. And, and my meditations became just another opportunity to like ruminate. (laughs) So it wasn't even like, I wasn't getting the benefits of meditation because I was laying there. I was like, Oh, but I'm doing nothing except I was doing so many things. So when I was like, okay, let's try this again. Let's try doing meditation upright. And then realizing like, Oh my gosh, this is literally my brain and my physiology trying to get me out of this because being in this moment and not worried about what happened or what I said or what's about to come is so terrifying. And that just like blew my mind. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. I actually back in like, gosh, 2001, um, I was like a year in India and I was meditating a lot. And I remember talking, I remember like finally after like three months, getting on the email, like remember email or like internet cafes. Like, <laughs> it was like, I went to an internet cafe and I'm texting, I'm, I'm like sending an email to an old friend of mine and I'm describing my experience with all my meditations. I'm like, look, I'm like sitting down and all I'm doing is this like what's going through my head are like images of me playing out scenes of images of you. And like, and just, they were just like all of this stuff's happening. Like there's no meditating happening here. Like right. there's just a bunch of chatter and just thinking through it. Like that's, yeah. And sometimes that's an anxiety. And I just now give myself full permission to just let my anxiety little mouse run crazy. You know? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, and I think, it's so easy to say to people who are like stressed out or like not sleeping, like, Oh, just meditate. It's so great. And so to find that for myself that, Oh, that's like not, that's not an option. So, I mean, if, if if sitting quiet, isn't something we can do, like what are other ways to just 
get the brain into a safer space, you well, know? You're just jumping. You're, you're going right for the... You're, yeah, you're we go deep, right. man. We go super deep on yeah, totally. We started with arousal. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can take this in so many directions. Um, okay, so we're going to go right to the, right to, to the chase. Um, yeah, no... Um, uh, yeah, uh, I'll just I'll just mention one thing about the meditation. Um, yeah. For some people, meditation is the last thing that they should be doing, um, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, it's because they're, they're not meditating. And really, in fact, most of us are not meditating when we say we're meditating. We're just closing our eyes, trying to just st- stand still for a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for many people, um, the actual act of staying still and closing your eyes becomes a trauma trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone has had trauma in the past, um, the act of closing your eyes can actually trigger a trauma response that we can feel like all of a sudden in the moment we're going through panic, we're going through anxiety, it's just incredibly intense. And um, and so now here you are, you know, self-inflicting a trauma trigger and then feeling guilty on top of it that you're not doing a good job meditating, you know, like, oh. Come on, yeah. you know, yeah. meaning people, you know. Yeah, so what what can you do? You can't go there yet. <laughs> You're not right, well, what we need to know first. Come on. <laughs> no. Okay, so. <laughs> He's a, I'm not going to tell you. Not yet. You're not ready. Not, you're not ready yet, Padawan. There's more. <laughs> Oh, the, the intellectual tease. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so a couple more things, though. Quickly, quickly. Yeah. Um, hyper, we talked about hypervigilance. Hypervigilance yeah. is this funny thing that even when our eyes are closed, our brain is really freaking out that there could be a threat around us. Yes. And that's actually why why meditation is can be really bad. Um, why closing our eyes is bad. Why even lying down um, during shavasana and yoga could be really, I mean, bad bad's not the right word, but it can be really counterproductive, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not like a one size fits all. No, it's not. And so I think the key is to just kind of know if it's for yourself, um, you know, first of all, what is your cocktail of anxiety, right? If you can break your cocktail down into uh, my Long Island iced tea has these different, different, you know, liquors in it, right? Like um, my, my anxiety has these different things. If I can understand what the ingredients are, I can now do the appropriate thing for the ingredient. But if I don't understand it, I'm just drink, I'm, I'm just thinking of it as a general cocktail. There's actually not any one good tool for the cocktail as a whole. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are good tools for the individual, you know, alcohols you're putting in your cocktail, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. A horrible metaphor, but there you go, right? Like that's, you know, if it works. Well, it's like you- the tools in your toolbox and having, you know, multiple tools at your disposal, depending on what you need in that moment. But I think if, even getting to that place where you have that awareness of like, oh, I need this right now can be super, super challenging. Yeah. And I think that's key. And I think, um, you know, before jumping to the solution, self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? Is, is mine more of a rumination? Is mine more of a body tension? Is mine more of a, of a hypervigilance? Is mine more um, just fear? Like I just have downright fear, like something is going to attack me right now. You know, mm-hmm. um, if, I can, if I can go to that next level, um, then yes, I can get the right tool. Right. And that's why, that's why I didn't want to go there. Yes. But, uh, but yes, then we go there. Okay. So, um, so there's that. All right. So how do we go there? What do we do? Okay. I'll just say one quick thing. Today's episode is brought to you by rat. 
Feel better from head to toe with mobility and recovery tools designed for your body and your life. And they have a ton of tools. We're talking foam rollers and rods and therapy balls and inflated balls all the things. But today specifically, I want to talk to you about the recovery rounds and not going to lie. I am rolling them under my feet as we speak. These are the perfectly soft, but not too soft two and a half inch massage balls that can get into all of your nooks and crannies. I'm talking feet, hips, your upper back. OMG for reals. It's amazing. And all of their products make a great Mother's Day present, and they're even great for bodywork newbies. So if you want to move better and you want to feel better and you want to support the show, head on over to radroller.com. Use the code BODYNERD at checkout to save 15% off your entire order, including tools and education. That's radroller.com. Use the code BODYNERD, B-O-D-Y-N-E-R-D at checkout to enjoy 15% off your entire order. Now back to the show. Probably a great general tool, believe it or not, is our breath. And the reason why is that um, the breath is probably the thing that we have that's free. We're always doing it and it is incredibly well understood. And so we, so it's very predictable, you know, rather than some fuzzy word like meditation, um, our breath is simple. I'm either breathing in or I'm I'm holding it in. I'm either breathing out and I'm holding it out. Like I've only got four options when I'm talking about breath. So now like you and I can talk and we can have the same language, right? Mm. So um, in general, what we understand is that um, a longer out breath lowers arousal. And uh, a, a longer in-breath increases arousal. Mm-hmm. And if the higher level of arousal we have, the more anxious we can tend to feel, mm-hmm. then we can immediately begin to access lowering our anxiety, lowering our arousal by just... <sighs> mm-hmm. Right. Or even like screaming into a pillow is another way of oh, announcing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could do it too, right? Um, as long as it's long. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. uh, I do that sometimes. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's so true. Well, and I have found that like, um, I don't always, like I'm not always tapped into that self-awareness of like how I'm feeling anxious or where things are, are like missing pieces of where I can turn the dial up here and turn the dial down there. But for me, the like foundational piece is my sleep. And so if it is like my sleep time and I'm not tired, um, or I have passed said sleep time and now we're like two, three hours past, um, that for me is like red flag city that like, Hey, there's something going on. Like, let's try some of those tools. So is that like, am I, am I a weirdo or is that common? Like, do you find with the people you work with or even with yourself that you like, everyone has their like, oh, this is my baseline and how I register my baseline. And then I can go from there. Well, I mean, I think you're probably still more self-aware than most people are. So um, you're aware that your sleep does it, right? And that's that's a huge thing. And you're right. And in fact, there are many studies that show that, that the lack of sleep or the poor quality of sleep is a, what they call causal really um, a causal factor for anxiety, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to do anything other, but just have poor sleep. You can, can make yourself more anxious. No, no, right? we're all screwed. We are yeah. all screwed. <laughs> so, right? I mean, so there you go, you know? And so um, it's why I think, you know, um, I mean, I've been on now multiple, you know, interviews, but, uh, and sometimes the theme is sleep. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And all we talk about is sleep because sleep is like this amazing superpower that like fixes everything. And, but, and if it's broken, it like screws up everything. Right. And our level of anxiety is one of them. Right. So yeah, so totally um, poor sleep. So sleep oftentimes it's, it's two things. It's either not long enough um, or not deep enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And so some people like sleep 10 hours a night. Right. And they wake up and they feel miserable. And they're, as far as their brain's concerned, like they didn't have any of the good stuff. <laughs> you know? And so, um, and so they, they'll continue to feel anxious. So yeah. So sleep is huge. So sleep, breath. Um, those are, those are key ones, key foundational. Things. Yeah. And like you said too, those are things that we do anyways. You don't need any special training. Yeah. You can find a trillion and one solutions, even just from our previous conversation about sleep on how to get better sleep. Um, and it is, it's so, it's so good. It's so important. What, do you have any opinion on weighted blankets? Um, for some people, they're they're really great. Um, I bought one for my for my middle daughter, and um, it's fantastic. In fact, I used it the other night, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I slept on the couch, and I was like, "This feels good." Like, yeah. I, yeah. So, weighted blankets can be very useful for some people, right? Yeah, for other we, people they're like drowning in it. They're like, "Get this thing off of me." The weirdest thing too, we just got one. I'm going to do another episode specifically on weighted blankets, but like the first couple nights I was like, oh my gosh, it's so heavy. And now I'm like, oh, I need it. Like it doesn't feel heavy at all. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that has, um, anyways, we can keep out on that. So there's something called, um, so we have these things called proprioceptors and we have these things called Mm -hmm. nociceptors in our, in our body. And it, and when, our no, no see means pain for, for lack of a better, a better word. Um, and proprio is like, well, where am I in space? And what's interesting is, um, when we have little sensors all throughout our body that um, will trigger a pain response, it'll flood our brain. And it's, it's almost like playing heavy metal to the brain. Mm. And sometimes it's happening and we can't feel our body. Like some of us just aren't too in tune, but yeah. our brain is still getting the heavy metal signal. Right. And the second you put pressure it literally turns off the pain signal by blocking it and turning on the proprioceptor signal. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden the brain is like, finally, uh, uh, mm-hmm. right. So for some of us, um, it's phenomenally helpful, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. It's like, cause sim- similar thing happens when you do therapy ball rolling and foam massage and, you know, self massage mm-hmm. of getting that proprioceptive like downregulation response. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, but in a giant blanket. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm going to like tonight when I go to sleep, I'm like, Oh, totally yeah, nerd yeah. out about it. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It's cool stuff. I know you are doing some like brain training with anxiety and I keep pushing on like, give me answers, Dr. Licata about what we can do here. Um, but like how, yeah, like what can we do to get our brain out of these, these like deep grooves, you know, that we form of just like habits and patterns and reactions and all of those things. And especially after I just keep saying the last year, um, but there are so many new habits and patterns that have come up where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this, but habits like anything else are so hard to change. So like, where do we even start? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and so it's usually three parts. The, The first part is get, you know, is minimize the stuff that's triggering more anxiety if you mm-hmm. can right <laughs> so first like subtract the stuff that that was the bad stuff right mm-hmm. and so we talked about some of them um you know frankly you know getting off your social media your, your new 24-hour news cycles um oh you know, is going to be just already you're going to notice it drop tremendously um yeah. you know just you know so anyways i mean you know 
not driving, don't commute as much. Like do the things you can you can try to control. Then then there are two groups of tools: um, state change tools and trait change tools. And so and what that means is there's a tool that I can use in the moment: my breath. Right, I can use that. That's a state. I can change my state right now. But there's another group of tools called trait change tools, and this is what kind of we do at my office, which is helping you rewire, helping you create a new set point, mm. right? Um, to literally change the grooves, like you described. And so, um, which one's better? Which one should I do? Well, usually, what we tell people, you know, ideally, you want a tool belt. You want both, right? You should have. Um, Things that you can do in the moments as you as you navigate life and, and life keeps you know throwing stuff at you and you have to kind of bob and weave and you have to you know hit back and then and then there's things though that um, you know why not if you're always living if this is a graph and you're always living really high in anxiety like why not see if you can kind of come down and live here right mm-hmm. and so and that's what we do at my office and so um, you know and we can get into that but really you know we we can see your brain waves and we can and there are certain kind of like fingerprints that are very typical of um anxiety and not just uh, the general anxiety but the little the individual parts of the cocktail oh my gosh and so we can see what tendencies towards rumination right we can see tendencies towards um the body tension um we can see general areas that have to do with overall arousal Right. Um, and we can see, oh, my gosh, here's a brain that is like living in hyper arousal. Like they're like they don't know anything other. Right. So you try to tell that poor human being to not be as aroused. They're like, that's like, you know, tell I'm me breathing. not to be me. Like, yeah. how can not be me, you know. And so we could see that using the EEG. It's a it's a, a mapping of the electrical brain waves. And the ability to just see it oftentimes just gives us this amazing relief of like, oh, okay, there's really something here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to be anxious. You know, my therapist has been telling me to stop being anxious for 20 years, um, <laughs> and I feel like I'm a failure. No, I mean, look, the brain is, is the brain waves tend to get stuck in a certain fingerprint, you know? And, it's yeah. and there's some, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I haven't studied a bunch of his work, but through a friend, we were co- talking about it one time, and how, like the body almost gets like addicted to the chemicals that come about when we go down these certain paths and certain patterns. So it's happening on a brain level and a biochemistry level that yeah. we're just, we're creatures of habit and whatever that habit is, whether it's helping us or not, like we want to do the same thing we did before because it has a more predictable outcome every single time. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, we actually work with some of his crew, which is really fun. Awesome. Um, and 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 so we we joke about it and we say, okay, well, you know, he and his and you know his teaching, it's kind of like trying to change your software, but mm-hmm. we get to help you change your hardware. Like we yeah. get to literally help you objectively change the way that certain you know rooms in your brain fire, and they tend to fire maybe too fast, and what we call high beta waves. And we can, we can help you literally go to that one region physically and help train them to know how to get out of the high beta waves and go into kind of a slower, kind of what we call an SMR or kind of a, a slower beta. Um, and when that happens, but real time when you're doing it, but especially over time, over a series of, of trainings, um, we see the brain waves and we know how you're feeling. 
right? So, so it's like so cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. I keep envisioning like an inside out, um, you know, the yes. Pixar movie, and there's just like totally. a switchboard operator, just like, oh, we're just going to plug into this plug now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's totally like that. Yeah. And, um, or another another analogy I'll have is this kind of like you're playing a violin and like the, the high note is like, like it's just too high. And it's like somebody going, here, let me just, let me just. Give a, give a half of a twist, right? Right, right. And like, ah, like it just, it's in tune now. And I mean, it's it's really cool that we you can do that. And so, you know, we don't, we're not trying to replace, um, like, let's say therapists or psychologists or others. Um, but, you know, there's a, there's something very biological, very, very physiological about the brain. And, and when, when you can see it, you can, you can match it and then you can change it. And then you can see how the new matching is what you predicted. Mm -hmm. Like, that's cool. I mean, what else can we do that usually does that, you know? Right. Well, and to have the data, you know, to be able to see the data of like, oh, these changes are happening versus just like, oh, well, I didn't, you know, yell at this person in this scenario. So obviously it's better, you know, like you have that concrete data of change happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really fun. And, um, and so, yeah, and it's fun to see the changes when you remap over time, you can see the changes real time. Um, and, and ultimately they feel better, right? I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of the coolest thing is somebody who literally has been lifelong, like they, they've been anxious as a baby, right? And now they're in their thirties and, um, and they're like, look, I, you know, I, this was, this was a lot to handle even before COVID. Now with COVID, I feel like I'm, I, I'm paralyzed. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yeah, breathing may be helpful, but I mean, that's not going to change, you know, I'm not, it's not going to get me where I need to go, um, you know, to be able to do the brain map and then see what, where, where the, those areas are and then train them specifically, you know, after, you know, three to four months, you know, to start to see like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm more, I'm more, what they always say is I feel more like myself, mm-hmm. even though they may have been anxious all their life they know that that was not their truest self. Right. And so for them to now be less anxious and, you know, and be able to then say, I feel more like myself. is just like, I was, I was kind of taken aback the first time I heard it. Now I hear it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's such a beautiful thing too, to help people feel connected to who they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 it's gold. Now, do you feel like, anxiety and, and all of the work too that you were doing is more in response to um, just like modern life and technology and all the demands on our time and attention or did like cave people need this too? <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of discussion about it. I think in general, we've been hacked, right? Like mm-hmm. um, we have we have the biology to deal with short-term stress and it's very healthy and it's good. And what what's happened is we have kept that on all the time, 24-7 and it has kind of wired us to be in, in a constant state of anxiety and stress. And our brains have not evolved fast enough to deal with it. Yeah. You know, you know and so we see that now with, we see it in, in many people. Like, for instance, we do training with a lot of um, professionals. I mean, these are, you know, you know, lawyers and doctors and just in all the business world and, and therapists and psychologists and so on. And they're very high achievers, but and, but they've been living with a certain level of anxiety that has just been kind of, they've just dealt with it, right? Like, okay, I just have to do what I got to do, but I, I perform. Now they're saying, look, I mean, it's through the roof, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm on certain medications now. I never thought I would be, you know, I'm having to kind of address certain things I never thought I'd have to address. And so they're doing this kind of like um, if they went to the gym, 
Right. You know, like they're, they're, it's like personal training for the brain. And so they're saying, look, I don't want, I, I wouldn't say that I'm an anxious person, but I've got higher levels of anxiety than, than I want to deal with. And so, and so we help them, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's others that, um, that it's the lifelongers, right? That have always been anxious and they're just thrilled that they're not having to do that. Um, and then there's a group of really severe anxiety where we, you know, it, we often partner with a therapist. There's a therapist somewhere else who's taking care of the therapy side and, um, and we take care of the training side. And then um, as a team, um, you know, that person can get to the next breakthrough. So oh, I'm putting time limits on social media apps on my phone. Like I get two hours a day, max of Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Twitter, and it serves two purposes. Number one, when that timer goes, you spent too much time, there's shame built in like, oh my God, I spent so much time, but not having that much input of bad news and people's opinions all day, every day makes a huge, huge, huge difference with anxiety levels. Yeah. Yeah. And what's worse is that it's, um, it's designed to, to put you in a state of stress and keep you tuned in. Like literally yep. those are the two things. Right? Yep. Like, oh no, they totally hacked our brains. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. Well, the other thing, like I've been working with a therapist doing EMDR, which mm-hmm. is like, isn't like eye movement, desensitization, something, but it, it's been sort of like a similar feeling of like brain training, right. Of like walking through things and then to combining it, we're doing it remote. So combining it with somatic stuff. Um, and like the places my brain has been going when you're talking about like, Oh, right into that one, you know, area of the brain, like helping that reprogram has just been like, so, I mean, bizarre isn't the word, but just like, whoa, like every single session. So when you do brain training, because I saw on your website too, that you guys do remote stuff, which is awesome. Is there like a somatic component combined to it too? Is it just like thinking, like, how does this work? Yeah. Yeah. What I would say is, um, so in, in the big world of all the different therapies that can be out there, um, ours are kind of unique. One, they're, um, they're passive. Like it's very different than even EMDR, somatic, oh, like, wow. like it's very passive. Once we find the region of the brain that, that, that is overactive and sometimes not just one, there's multiple, we will then either in-house, in-house here or at home, um, you know, you have, there's certain technology that we would put a sensor right over the room. Like, and this is what's cool. Like we can go right to the brain region wow. and real time, we'll see the brain waves that we saw the first time on the map. And we'll, we'll, and so like, let's say somebody has really high, fast, high beta waves in the front middle. We're going to see these fast beta waves just get going off the charts. Um, and then what we'll do is you don't do anything. You just sit there on a chair, right? And, um, and we'll set little parameters that every time these really big, fast brain waves lower themselves, they get a little bit less intense. Um, it'll let's reward you. Once it goes beyond below a threshold, it rewards you through some video you're watching or like a game you're playing on, like a video game with your brain. And in that moment, like, like a little piece of a puzzle will come up on a screen mm-hmm. and you get hear a little beep. Um, and it's happening so fast you can't control it. So you can't make yourself have less high beta waves right? It's too, it's too fast. And so um, in one sitting, you're getting about 900 to 1,000 little loops that's mm-hmm. telling your brain, oh, good job, you just lowered it. Oh, good job, you just lowered it. And in the beginning, your brain did it accidentally. It had no intention to be less stressed. It had no intention to be less anxious. Um, it just happened to like take a breather and it's like, oh, good job. Oh, good job. 
And as time goes on, um, the brain waves do something that's called entrainment. They just begin to follow that loop and they begin to slow themselves down and they lower. And, um, and so what's, what's different than EMDR is that you're just sitting passively um, with some video and a sensor over your brain. Um, and, um, and, you know, and that's it. And it just changes itself. What? This is yet. amazing. Yeah. And so, so it's very useful. Um, and, and literally it, it will see the brainwaves, you know, real time. And over time, we, we, you know, you put that sucker back on and we're like, Oh, look, you know, Alex's uh, high beta waves are like half the size they used to be. Right. Yeah. And now her, and we want to reward. So we want those to chill out and want some others to get better. And then we were like, let's reward those SMRs, those, those slower beta waves. And that's what we call our calm focus brain waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, hey, look, these guys are getting bigger. We're going to go. And, and then I know. I like. I feel like I get to be Houdini. I'm like, hey, Alex, how are you feeling? But I already know how you're feeling. But I ask anyways. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you know, I feel like there's more space, you know, between me and my reaction. I feel calmer. Um, I don't feel tired. I feel, but I just feel clear, you know? Wow. And it's like. Cool. All right. Well, are, are, do we like this? Yeah. Well, let's keep let's keep reinforcing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's it's awesome. So, but it's very different, right? So EMDR yeah. tends to be very active, and you're trying to in the moment mm-hmm. access these old things. And again, for a particular type of anxiety or trauma, um, it's really useful. You know, um, and they don't substitute each other. Sometimes they complement each other. Really well. mm-hmm. That is so fascinating. And also it's like taking the hacking that social media has done to our brain and like reverse engineering it. And yes. same thing, getting that, like, is it like the dopamine response for the good behavior, so to speak of the brain waves? Um, it's, it's even deeper than that, which is cool. It's oh even gosh. deeper than that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's even deeper than that. It's, it's literally, it's kind of like when you work with the body and it's like some people, like some people, they're not aware of their back, right? right. Like, let's say their shoulder blade, you know, and you're like trying to get them to bring that shoulder blade down and back. And you're like, let me stick my finger right here, right behind under your scapula. And I want you to push down on it. Right. And you just gave them that, oh, what the heck? I got this muscle here. Right. And mm-hmm. as they begin to understand how to use it, um, it's, it's even faster than them. Once they get it, then as time goes on, they can use it again. Right. And now it's just become part of their reality. Right. And what happens with the brain is a lot of the brain gets stuck in certain frequencies and different regions and certain patterns. And it doesn't know how to change it. It doesn't know how to access it. And so when you just put a little sensor there and go, it's like your finger under their shoulder blade and you're like, Hey, right here, can you do this? Can you, can you bring this back and down? Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, like you only need to do it a few times. And, and as time goes on, then like the person just knows, oh yeah, I just want to bring that back in, you know? Um, and so you're, you're um, illuminating different aspects and potentials that were there that they just couldn't access before. Yeah. Oh gosh, that is so fascinating. It's so super cool. Yeah. It's and this works too with focus and attention as well, or in ADHD and other things like that. Yeah. Yeah. In our office, we, we, we focus on, well, we, we work on three main things. Um, anxiety, which is what we're talking about focus, um, which, you know, attention, ADHD, they're all kind of the same basket, but the ability to pay attention to something right over a prolonged period of time is what we're great at and, um, and preventing a a lot of cognitive decline, you know, Mm -hmm. people over 40, 50, um, that see what's happening with their parents or their aunt or, and, um, and they, and they want to do something about that. Um, those are our three, those are our big three. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so the ability to help with attention is huge. But same, same idea. Which regions of the brain are responsible for the different components of attention? Which ones are stuck too high, too low? And then can we go to those regions and help them get, you know, change their pattern? And then can we help them reinforce it? You know, in fact, that the attention part is what got me into this personally. You know, mm-hmm. I had, I had, I was ADHD through the roof and it's fine. It served me in what I do, but, oh, if, I mean, you could never get me to sit down and do taxes, right? Yeah. Like, no one likes doing that. <laughs> no. But like, you know, certain things I just could not do. And I ended up testing for it and I tested through the roof um, for ADHD and, um, you know, and I did my own training uh, and it was, it, it doubled my attention. Wow. That's huge. And so, you know, I saw it and I saw it real time, you know, every, every few weeks I'd see another jump and that, you know, that my staff and people and my, my family were noticing the changes, which was cool, you know? So yeah. So um, attention is a big part and that's why, that's why I know we can help it. Yeah. Well, and also what you said too, about like state changes in the moment and also those trait changes, you know, and not feeling like, or not having to feel like you're stuck the way you are. Cause this is just like how you're wired, which I think I've totally said before as well, that we do have the ability to make these changes for the better when we want. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really that it's really, um, uh, you know, when a, a colleague of mine said, you know, what I'm in the business of is I'm in the business of, of restoring your agency. Mm. And I really love that. Um, it's really restoring my ability to take control over my emotions and my thoughts and my actions. When really, unfortunately, the majority of um, things out there have, have become incredibly sophisticated and taking that away. You know, yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mission. It's a purpose that we have. It's fun that we get to do it, and um, so it's, it's cool. Yeah. So the ability to know my state change tools and my trait change tools, and knowing when to use which. And um, for some people, I say, look, just learn a couple state change tools. They're usually cheaper and free. But for some people, either high performers um, that want to take it to the next level, or people that it's really, it's really affecting their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, the trait change tools are more expensive, but gosh, it's like getting to graduate from, you know, I'm a freshman in high school and all of a sudden I get to become a, a freshman in college, like just yeah. with a, with a snap, you know, in four months, like that's yeah. cool, you know, that's huge. So. Well, and you know, one of the things I say all the time is that it's absolutely possible to change the unchangeable. And what you're sharing too, is like how to change the seemingly unchangeable in your brain. And that it's possible. Like that is massive. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. Totally. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, I know we could like nerd out for like six hours and this would be the longest episode in the history of time, but mm-hmm. I want to be respectful to your time as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so where can people learn more about the awesome work that you're doing and go stalk you on the internet? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So um, vital headandspine.com is our, our website, which is getting completely redone. So, you know, I apologize if it's not as great as I hope it No, was. it looks awesome. I did just look at it before we went okay, on. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, there's still so much to fill in there. Um, Always. But I think, I think vitalheadandspine.com is our main one. Um, I have an Instagram. I think it's Dr. Giancarlo Licata. Um, and uh, that may clearly work. you use it a lot, right? I don't use it very much at all. <laughs> um, I'll tend to literally. I used to post once a, a day, and um, but it would take me like five, even five, ten minutes to get off to extricate myself. Yes. Off the post. Um, I've I've stopped posting. I, I just yeah. I literally have, have fasted from social media for almost a year now. 
So, oh my gosh, are you a changed person now? I, I'm telling you, I'm a better person for it. Don't tell yeah. me that. No, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. It's it, and it goes beyond just um, freeing up time. Yeah, and I think time is a big one, but um, it's a. Look, this is the short thing. Um, there is a huge field called neuromarketing, right? And it's literally studying the effects of, do we do video or, or picture? Do we do it in black and white or colors? Do we do it in, in VR or um, AR? Um, you know, and how many regions of the brain light up and we can see how addictive it'll be. And really, I mean, we're, you know, so Instagram, Facebook, um, even Twitter, they, they are the masters at it. Yeah. And so, you know, for better or worse, um, it's it's designed to glue our eyeballs onto those things. So anyways, um, I'm not, <laughs> not, not going to campaign against it, but no, I don't, I don't, I'm way better for not. So mylehiddenspine.com, try that. Okay. No, you know, I actually, I haven't, um, I'm on like a little social media break of posting right now. It's been like two weeks and I didn't explode. So I'm like, Oh, it's okay. But I like, I do, I love social media and I'm fully aware that I'm a thousand percent addicted to it as if that awareness makes it okay. But. (laughs) And, and, And what's interesting, like any addiction is your brain forgets what not having it is like. And the second part of the addiction is that the other things that used to give us joy, no longer give us joy. Literally, our brain needs more dopamine from the other things than before. Yeah. And so it, it actually robs us of the ability to enjoy life outside of social media. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, I, know, note, I don't want to hear you. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go distract my sorrows. Yes. yes yeah, <laughs> but um, I love what you're doing. And I know that, that, that you serve a wonderful purpose on social media. So I'm so glad that you're able to help so many people. And and really, I mean, they're able to find you. I and mean, even if, if, if they help, if you help them, you know, access their body and access their ability to kind of have agency over over their feelings, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a sacrifice you're doing for the good. Yeah, exactly. I'm willing to do it for the greater good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, awesome. And thank you so much for taking the time today. And you are the number one nerd. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you always having me here. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. You too. I mean, I told you, right? At the beginning, I almost just dove right into it that this conversation was going to be so stinking cool. Dr. Licata is the most valuable nerd. He's so much fun. And it's fascinating to me. I'm posting this video up on YouTube as well so you can see my face as he's sharing everything that he shared with us today. It is mind-blowing. And when I say you can change the unchangeable, I say that because you can change the unchangeable. It is so true. And so I loved everything that he shared with us today on what is possible for you no matter where you're starting at. So if you learned something today, which I know you did because we all did, do me a favor, screenshot it, tag me on Instagram at Halafamala, tag Dr. Licata as well. Let us know what you learned, what you thought. If you have any questions, we want to hear it all. Or you can leave a voicemail over at the Body Nerd Hotline. That number is 818-396-6501 if you're afraid of phone calls. Like me too. Like I, I hate I hate calling. But you know what? I like sometimes sending a voice message. It's so much easier. So just leave me a message. 818-396-6501. 
And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And you know the drill. We got to let the, you know, algorithm know that we love the Body Nerd Show. We do, right? I know we do because we're here. (laughs) So subscribe, review, share. You know what to do. And here's to asking better questions, moving more, reprogramming our brain, and getting nerdy as heck. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks, and bodywork is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.